0: Well, another extraordinary session in the UK. The Bank of England still buying up bonds but trying to tell everyone that they're going to stop on Friday at the latest whilst Liz Truss hangs on for a dear life in that soap opera that is the British economy. And the FRMC minutes are out with the Fed reiterating that they won't stop with the hikes until they see the labour market easing back a little. Until people have lost their jobs, in other words. And the Aussie neutral rate. What is that? Look for the pole star, says the RBA. It's Thursday, the 13th of October, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, US stocks were up overnight but lost their mojo right at the very end, although they were never up, convincingly it's fair to say. At the close, the Dow was down 0.1%, same for the Nasdaq, a 0.3% drop for the S&P 500, so six days in a row now with stocks down. Energy stocks and consumer staples fared the best, but big losses for utilities and real estate. In Europe, meanwhile, shares down there as well, a 0.9% drop in the FTSE 100 at close, a quarter percent fall in the Euro stocks 50 and a 0.4% drop in the DAX. And bonds, well, if you look at 10-year yields, not much movement, although treasuries are down five basis points. Most of that, interestingly, since the FRMC minutes came out. 10-year gilts are flat and German uh, 10-year yields are up one basis point. But look at the UK 30-year gilt yields. They are up two basis points now at 4.8% but they were up to almost 5.1%, so up and down almost 20 basis points in a day. Aussie 10-year yields were down 9 basis points yesterday at 3.94%. This morning on futures, closer to 4%. The US dollar pretty flat on the DXY. The Aussie has climbed 0.1% to 62.8 US cents. The pound is actually up 1.2%. The euro is flat. The US dollar up 0.7% on the Japanese yen. And oil... Falling lower again, WTI down 2.5%. Brent a little below 92.50 after a 2% fall. So I'm sorry if we seem to be talking about the UK a lot lately, but it is a soap opera over there. And uh, our man on the ground uh, watching it being written is David DeGaris at NAB in London. And uh, it has been an, another extraordinary session, Dave. But, but before we get on to that, uh, let's uh, let's look at those FOMC minutes because they are just out this morning. It's new. Anything that new is good. So let's look at the Fed first of all. So inflation expectations uh, they say are pretty anchored. No new guidance. You know what, it, it actually makes it sound
1: like they've got it all under control doesn't it? Of course they do until until the CPI tomorrow and maybe that will just validate <laughs> uh, everything. Well maybe, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's not I, be I cynical. Th- I, think, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to be cynical about it but I'm just suggesting that the market still seems to be looking for reasons as to why, you know, we're looking for the top. In, you know, has the market priced in the top of the rate cycle? So, mm. um, there's that, and of course, of course, we've got the CPI tomorrow. So maybe it's the, the sign that the Fed's going to push on until they see a weaker job market, and then you're going to get, you know, the point where they will blink. They'll be convinced that the inflation battle has been won. But all the Narrative of the FMC minutes is about pressing on at this time, but it's pretty—that's yeah. pretty much priced in, isn't it? Before the uh, before the minutes yeah. were released. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, um, perhaps why we're not seeing
0: massive movements. But the interesting thing about the jobs market is they're saying you know there's there's still the risk of a you know wage price spiral, although we haven't seen it yet. So uh, you mm-hmm. know the focus is is challenging that tightness in the labour market. And they won't stop until, you know, basically till they see people lose their jobs, even though we're not seeing that wage push inflation that they're so scared about.
1: Yeah, so I think you're starting, you know, behind the scenes, you're starting, you know, we, we thought they were all saying the same message, but just, I was listening to a speech from Lael Brainard, uh, FRB Governor, yesterday, and she was talking to some of the signs that, that policy was starting to have its effect. You know, we've talked about housing quite a lot and how the effect there has been widespread and clear, but... Uh, Maybe jobs growth is starting to slow. The economy's had a flat first half. Maybe that's statistical aberration. But if there is a bounce back in the second half, higher rates will probably slow that down. Uh, Earnings growth has sort of slowed from the employment cost index to the recent payrolls figures. So maybe there's straws in the wind. Maybe it's a little bit more than that. But it's not just one-sided that there hasn't been any sign apart from housing in, uh, in slowing the economy down. So if we see that, if we see wages falling and – I mean, if we
0: see wages falling but the job market
1: stays tight, are they happy with that? Well, if they're convinced, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, if they see the, the the employment situation really ramp up again and vacancies, you know, accelerate again and in earnings, you know, start to pull back, then something odd is going on, isn't it? Mm. We're, we're in, that, in that market. But if they do see earnings growth ease further and. What the last two have been? What point three per month? So what's that? Three and a half percent annualised uh, inflation target of two. It's almost about okay, isn't it? In, mm. fr- from that from that point of view. So um, and employment growth has slowed. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, that was that, the, that, see, that was up, the point that Christine Lagarde know, was making. N- nobody t- rings the bell, right?
0: No, but it's, uh, that's the point Christine Lagarde was making. She was talking overnight, and uh, she was saying, you know, Europe. Uh, we've got we're not worried about wages too much she says negotiated wages are about three and a half percent which is the the inflation target plus mm-hmm. productivity She said you know that is compatible with our targets happy with three and a half percent
1: yes well there's certainly there is a um, uh, from from uh, the from inside the ECB the people who, who work in Frankfurt, Uh, seems to be a push on to sort of moderate some of the more hawkish views from Mm. Germany and Austria and the like. So we've just seen sort of some elements of that over the past couple of days or so, Uh, particularly facing into the energy problems that they have in that part of the world, which are just as bad, if not worse, than what Britain is facing right now, Phil. Yeah, well, they're more reliant, aren't they, on, on, on Russian gas Indeed. than they are in the UK, supposedly.
0: So just on the inflation numbers that we're going to see later on today. So in other words, no big no, no big shakes, no big news coming out of those, uh, those minutes. But uh, the inflation numbers obviously will be important. Uh, the hope is that they will fall. Uh, the, so the expectation for the headline rate is that that will fall, but the core rate – could increase up to up to six point five percent, isn't it? So, I mean, whichever way, the markets are going to be very responsive to this, aren't they? I should
1: imagine, whichever oh, way. Indeed, it goes. indeed. Um, along with the payrolls, the, mm. the most important monthly indicator by by some stretch. So, you might recall last time we had that point six. What the market was expecting point three, yeah. after a sequence of 0.6s and a point seven. Uh, so we went back to point six, um, and the market expectation is 0.4 this time fell so the range there is what uh, 0.3 to 0.6 so anything sort of at the end of those ranges we're going to see quite some reaction Um, 0.6 the market will probably be thinking that the risk then is the Fed overdoes rate tightening so we might see some further curve curve inversion on, on the back of that but um If it's a low number, it gives them some hope that maybe the 0.6 might be the odd one out. Maybe we're sort of getting past the peak in inflation, but uh, all will be revealed. Yeah, we don't have too long to wait, uh, just till tonight. And we had the PPI
0: numbers, of course, yesterday. So core, month on month in September, 0.3%. That was as expected, the same as last time. In fact, the headline from minus 0.2 to plus 0.4%, which was more than expected. So average it all out. And not really bad news, but but not good news either I mean inflation no. inflation through supply chains is not going down though I guess that that's bad news
1: I think I think the, the, the parts of it that part of it may be moderating but uh, food inflation I think uh, perked mm. up in the PPI and also the energy I mean we're, we're all seeing the oil price day by day, but some of the other energy components were a bit higher than expected but um, think what the market we're we really interested in is the uh, the core services numbers in the in the CPI tonight. So and, and what uh, and, and as we've been talking about the core number itself when you take out uh, food and energy. So look, the PPI has never been the most fabulous um, reliable guide to the CPI, mm. uh, but nevertheless there's, there's bits and pieces in there. Maybe the headline will be um, higher, but the, the core number. Is it going to be low enough? That's the question tonight. Now, uh, neighbours has gone, but with
0: unfortunately, the, the latest soap opera is the uh, is the British economy. So, um, <laughs> the Bank of England stepping in again in the UK. Yes. So I, I said how uh, thirty uh, yields, uh, thirty year yields had got up to five point one percent. That's about seventy basis points higher than it was at the end of last week, but then brought mm. back down again because the Bank of England made more uh, purchases. But the clock is ticking on this because the, the Bank of England has said the dead, they've set a deadline, a Friday. No more buying after that, unless of course they decide that they they have to. Uh, but I mean, well, as you,
1: uh, yeah, exactly as you said with Ken uh, yesterday, Phil. Uh, you know, the hard deadline that, that uh, Mr. Mr. Bailey, you know, spoke about in, uh, in the US. And there were okay. rumours this morning yeah. that, they were to, that that might have been extended and they were quickly uh, squashed in the first half an hour from a statement from the Bank of England saying, no, definitely it's going to end on Friday. So the market was sort of on tenterhooks first thing this morning. The market was a bit all over the place. Uh, there was some intervention, definitely. They did hold uh, the reverse auctions and uh, they bought another, um, what, $4.4 billion today, which is probably mm. the larger end of what they've been doing recently. But what have they done? They've done just over $13 billion since they started this operation, so they haven't got anywhere near exhausting the $65 billion that they could have done. But, well, we've got two days to go and people are wondering about not just the last two days, but what's going to happen at the start of next week? Because we still don't have visibility on all of the uh, the fiscal policy and and all the sums there, Phil.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where, wherever that goes, and Andrew Bailey saying, you know, there's lessons that have got to be learnt from this, not. Uh on how you elect a government that's one lesson but the other the other one is how you how much you leverage of your pension fund you know and how much you assume uh, swings in bond prices because as we've discovered they can be quite sizable uh, uk gdp uh, out uh, over the over this session we can't blame quasi quatang mm-hmm. or Liz trust for that and gdp because they went uh, they went in the job then uh, gdp right. fell 0.3% in august month on month the expectation was it would be flat also down 0.3 percent on the three months to August compared to the previous three months so there's some talk about whether Britain is in recession I mean recession is just a word isn't it really but we, we whichever way we, we know the economy is is in decline uh, that that's that's the key but that's no surprise to anybody is
1: it well I think the one one point that I took out of that report Phil is because you always get you know pluses and minuses in uh, in sectors like manufacturing and construction for weather and uh, for all sorts you know shipment mm. delays and all sorts of things, but um, the consumer-facing um, service industries like uh, accommodation, food, and uh, arts and recreation, uh, those sectors were down 1.8% in August. So yeah. that wasn't particularly... That's more the discretionary end, isn't it, of, of the consumer? So that's not a particularly encouraging sign, is it, about the uh, about the economy? So the, And this is all... Of course, in the midst of the, um, of the energy situation, there was no new prime, prime minister or, or sort of, you know, the government was in limbo during that whole period. So um, it was very, very uncertain. That's not to say that everything has been uh, a bed of roses since then. But no. nevertheless, uh, yeah. it, it, it wasn't particularly good news. So what does the Bank of England do
0: then? Because, uh, you know, we've seen these rising yields, you know, so the implication Mm. is that that rates are going to increase considerably. But in in an economy where everything is slowing or contracting, okay, jobs are holding up, but wages are below inflation. They're not definitely not spiraling out of control in the UK. So do we expect these mega hikes, like the market is saying, from the Bank of England, or will they moderate it, given where the economy is? Well, I goodness, mean that means to, you don't know the answer to that, does it? No, no, <laughs> I, I'm
1: saying goodness because I was listening somewhat gobsmacked to the chief economist of the Bank of England today, mm. Phil. and um, Hugh Pill, yeah. You know, yeah, Hugh Pill. And he was talking about, you know, all of the things that we've been talking about. And he said, well, given the uncertain world and volatile markets we face, um, November, which is you know when they have their meeting can seem a long way away. At present I'm still inclined to believe that a significant monetary policy response will be required to the significant macro and market news of the past few weeks. So I mean we haven't seen all the fiscal detail, have we, at this particular no. point in time? We know we know the government's announced a scheme to uh, to limit the revenue um, streams of the of the non gas power providers. So that's going to provide, yeah, because so, yeah, so, all the, the
0: renewables their, their pricing was based on fossil fuel uh, on, on gas prices. Mm-hmm. So they were artificially high. So it makes sense that you. Uh, so there we are, uh, List Trust. Well done. I mean, it makes sense that uh, you, that you you remove that. Uh, I think so. Artificial I think that's a, good, that's
1: a good move. Mm. Absolutely, but So that means energy, uh, ha- the, is, the, the government will have to spend
0: – that means a chunk of energy, whatever the proportion is, the government will have to spend less subsidizing that. So that's going to help their budget position a bit.
1: Well, it, it, it may not change the price. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, but, right, I okay. mean, the details of the scheme still have to, have to be worked out, but essentially it will mean either limiting the price or um, – the revenue will flow back into the treasury some way, you know, that excess right. revenue. So it's like, by the way, it, help, it helps. They him will with say, this oh, it's, not it. it's not a tax. It's not a tax." But uh, whatever yeah. it is, it helps to finance the support for the consumer. But you, you, uh, the point I was making is, well, he thinks that it's still going to be a significant macroeconomic, uh, a significant monetary policy response. And look at the market right now, Phil. It's still one oh nine basis points, so over one percent into an economy. That's, mm. that's really struggling. So I, mm. I just find that very hard to fathom in this sort of environment. But that's what the market's got priced in right now. And uh, so people facing rises in in their electricity and gas bills as we speak, and um, and of course mortgage, mortgage rates as well. So yeah, not yeah, to yeah. mention all the other cost of living pressures. It'll finish a government off, wouldn't it? That combination. Of we'll things. see. We'll <laughs> so, see.
0: Uh, right, let's look at Australia. So, the neutral rate, uh, what is it? Lucy Ellis, the RBA's assistant governor. Uh, well, at least 2.5%, she said during her speech. She did the speech, the neutral rate, the mm. pole star casts faint light. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I flicked through it. She said, uh, neutral is not a destination we necessarily reach, but more a pole star to guide us. But you know, yes. I th- but you know, pole stars. The thing about pole stars, it stays in one place, doesn't it? So, uh, a neutral rate's are all over the place. <laughs> well,
1: uh, the, the the economics R star is not a geostationary satellite, that's for sure. So, um, <laughs> so you where know, it is does it? Move two and a half, half time. Yeah, exactly. Well, <clears throat> what are their models saying? Uh, they express it in terms of you know, before inflation, so in real terms, minus a half to plus two. So, you add, say, two and a half onto that, the two to three percent inflation target, and you've got something like, you know, two up to uh, what, four, four and a half percent. So, pick a number in between, in the threes, Phil, which is is about where the market's got it priced. Right, exactly. So, I was
0: going to say, does this change any expectations for where the RBA is heading? So, the answer is no, probably not.
1: Not at the moment, but let's see how all that plays out because so far the story on Australia has been um, been very, very resilient, hasn't it? Mm. Much more than what we've seen in, in other economies.
0: Yeah, it's always the way, isn't it? sales through. It is through. the lucky country the lucky lives can- on. Yeah, exactly, lucky country sails through again. If uh, only it didn't rain quite so much. So uh, we have uh, CPI, obviously, which we've talked about, and also the jobless claims. So that'll be interesting as well, because uh, that we know we've obviously seen that resilience in the in the in the job market. So we'll get the latest snapshot of that with the jobless claims as well, uh, and whatever else happens in the in the UK soap opera. That is just about it, isn't it, for the next twenty four hours.
1: No doubt we'll be discussing the gilt market, or you will be, in the next few days. Yeah, sadly. I
0: wish we could move on from it all, but there we are. Good to talk, Dave. Speak soon, Phil. And that's it this Thursday morning from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby, back again with another edition of The Morning Call tomorrow. Have yourself a great day. Thanks for listening.